One year, I kind of got an idea. You almost try trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Perfect and Game magazine. This structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon's ads to information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because work it ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very much the same as the you got bogged down. They started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it gets sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the fur shed, this is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. Great to be here. It's a great day, a beautiful day. We are brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cots Bros has a full line of trapping supplies, lures, baits, traps, snares, hooks, DVDs, everything you need to get going on the trap line. Go to CotsBros.com, check them out. We're also brought to you by Onyx Maps. Turn your phone into a fully functioning GPS. Mark trap locations, record tracks, get landowner information, and the latest aerial imagery. This thing is just awesome to navigate with. Use Onyx. Just pull it up on your phone anytime you want to figure out where you're at, where you need to go. Do some scouting. Mark a location when you see some signs, see a beaver flowage, some coyote scat on the road. Whatever you need, Onyx is uh, the place to to record it and to get all that information. At onyxmaps.com, if you use the promo code TRAP at checkout, that's TRAP, you'll get 20% off your first purchase. So check them out, Onyx Maps. And we're also brought to you by the Trapping Today store. The brand new store that I just put together with uh, some of the stuff that I make here. So we have the Walter Arnold book, uh, Main Trapper, Stories from One of the Last Mountain Men. Fur Profit, A Trapper's Guide to the Mar- uh, Modern Fur Market. That's my first book. Um, I have the Mustelid Trapping Today t-shirts. Awesome artwork by uh, Philippe, who is a listener of the podcast and a very talented artist. And we have lures. I've got three lures out. Uh, the Long Distance Call, Trapping Today Long Distance Call. We've got Predator Plus and Sweetness. Those are on there and starting to sell. So thanks, guys. I know several of you listened last week and and, uh, checked out the store, trappingtodaystore.com, and placed your orders. I just shipped a few out. Uh, Actually, this morning shipped one order to Montana, one to Pennsylvania. Good to send that stuff all over the country. It's great. Um, Everything in the store right now ships free. And uh, that's, I guess I I just mentioned all that I have there right now. Um, I'll, I'll be... Uh, periodically adding different items as they uh, get ready and and as I put them together. So stay tuned for that, and thanks for your support, guys. All right, um, today I actually had quite a long morning here and 
finally shipped some cattle down the road. So that's been, uh, of course, a big part of our summer, in addition to, to uh, regular jobs, uh, is, uh, you know, we've got this cattle farm and grazing, moving cattle around, and, and uh, we actually were managing three different groups of animals this summer. So it was quite a commitment when we we uh, ran into this drought where we had to start hauling feed and moving cattle where there was water and everything was kind of a hassle. So I didn't get to spend much time on um, as much time preparing for trapping season as I had hoped to. But today, this morning, we sent 49 head of yearling beef cattle down the road. They weighed about 1,000 pounds apiece. So we sent around 50,000 pounds of, of beef down the road and to a new home. So that was a really big relief and it was a big process and, and uh, I was all nervous and hoping things would work out, but it worked out just fine. Everything went off without a hitch and now I can kind of settle down and start thinking more about trapping. So uh, it's getting colder and we're getting closer to the season, so it's a good time to do that. And I'm getting things ready and very excited about the upcoming season. Just uh, somebody asked me emailing this week about what my next big goal was, what my next big goals were. And uh, I think this year there's no number. I, I thought about some number goals, but I'm not even going to go go there. Um, the the My real goal this year is just to have fun, to enjoy myself, relax, uh, learn, and just have fun on the trap line. So I think for all of us, with the fur prices as low as they are, um, that's that's probably the most important thing: learning and having fun. That's my goal, and and we'll uh, I'll be excited to share with that with you as we move along. So tonight we've got part two of our interview with Butch Borman, a local trapper up here in northern Maine, and uh, it's a it's a lot of fun here sitting down with him. We talked about coyote trapping, kind of his style of coyote trapping, what he does, how he scouts, uh, how he sets traps out, and the sets he makes, and traps he likes to use and all that and and uh, we got into a little bit of martin and fisher trapping as well so um, let's get into it hope you enjoy it so you're mainly a coyote trapper i know you do some martin and fisher trapping too but i guess like the past few years talking with you and i'm i've been impressed with the number of coyotes that you're able to catch given the restrictions that we have to trap under. So you're dealing with a 24-hour check. You can only use certain size traps. You get you can't use drags. You got to use you got to stake them down. You can't have any anything that would entangle the animal in a catch circle. So you got to set your traps out in the open. Um, no visual attractors during the early season. I mean, there's just so many different rules that. Uh, you know, when you talk about catching 30 coyotes in, in a week, to me that's impressive given the, the things that we have to deal with. Yeah, it's, you know, when I I started trapping up here in 2010, and I would, in 2010, I was be, I'd come up for a week of coyotes and a week of Fisher and Martin. You know how the seasons are. The last week of October, more or less, first week of November, I'd come up for two weeks. And I'd trap some uh, coyotes and trap some Fisher and Martin. Then I think it was the second year they allowed non-resident beaver trapping. Yep. And I said, ooh, I always wanted to catch beavers. 
Well, two or three nights, so I'd set 20 traps for coyotes, and I had a dozen 330s. And when I trapped six beaver in one night, that kind of was the end of me beaver trapping. <laughs> <laughs> Because it took me like two days. It took <laughs> me an hour to skin a beaver. <laughs> and it took me like two days because I, I also caught like two or three coyotes that night. And so I was, I wasn't impressed with beavers. <laughs> so you decided to focus on coyotes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you need a few beavers as we talked yes. about. You need a few beavers need for bait. your bait. So... In 2010, 2011, 2013, I would set 20. My goal was to catch one, at the most, two coyotes a night. <laughs> and, you know, I'd trap for uh, a week of coyotes and then, like I said, a week of Fisher and Martin. Well, in 2014, a friend wanted to come up and trap hard for coyotes. Yeah. So he came up, and for two weeks, we trapped hard for coyotes. We only killed 29, but uh, we caught way too many lynx. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but that was the first year I set a lot of coyote traps. We each probably set 40 traps. But, you know, when you take 40 times two, that's 80 traps. Yeah, and then since then I uh, I always wanted to catch like just catch more than you caught last year, catch more than you caught last year. And the only thing that's changed, I catch about the same number, you know, typically low thirties. I catch them quicker. <laughs> now I catch them quicker with a lot less traps. Less traps, yeah. And you know. And what I learned right in the very beginning, if you don't, if you wait one week, your furs grade a lot better on coyotes up here. You just wait till the last week of October instead of the third week. So I never really wanted to push hard because I, you know, why try to sell number twos when you can sell number ones? If the weather holds out. That's the downside. You got the bad weather comes and you know snow and rain and so last year uh, I you know I'm in some kind of a coyote program I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that <laughs> but I'm in this coyote program and I can't in the program I can't start for the first three days of the season well I got a trap so somebody told me set at least 10 traps a day. Every day when you're trapping, set 10 more traps. And uh, anyway, so I said, well, I'm gonna set, so the first day last year, I set 10 traps. Now I used to set, try to, I could get in about 30 traps in a day. Yep. It's about the most I can do. Yep. So I only set 10 last year, the first day. I got four coyotes the first night. I was in the past I was lucky to get one or two coyotes. Typically I'm gonna rephrase that. I was lucky to get one, sometimes none, the first night. 
Well, last year I only set 10 traps and I had four coyotes. I thought I was Mr. Coyote then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting uh, 40%. But that's the th what's changed for me is I can catch more quicker Yeah, with fewer traps. You, you've got a bit of a system put together now where you know what works and where to look for them, what type of set to make. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny, I talk to guys and now <laughs> the hardest thing for trapping up here is putting your, I use <laughs> chain stakes. <laughs> yeah. The hardest thing yeah. is getting that stake in the ground. That is so th I've been carrying a drill since 2016. And I started last year. That was the best piece of advice I got all year. <laughs> you said, get a hammer drill and a and a, uh, a concrete bit. And that's what I did. And I could finally get those super stakes in the ground. Because the, the yeah. wolf fangs, they just flatten right out. You bend them right in half trying to pound them in. Exactly. Well, the first in 2010, the first year I trapped, by the time I had two sets made, I ruined all my drivers. Yep. And I was using those, what are those cheap flat ones that bend like a U when you're trying to, oh, Berkshire. Berkshire, yeah, yeah. I had Berkshires, that's what somebody down in Pennsylvania recommended. Yeah. But I, by the time I got two sets in, I ruined three drivers. Yeah. And it was terrible. But, but now, what I'll do now is I know, you know, you know the routes you want to drive. I'll drive and I'm looking for tracks or droppings. Yep. If I go by, you know, if if it's five or ten miles between a place where I want to set a trap, and I see a nice road intersection, I I might throw in a trap. Even though you don't see sign. Even though I don't see anything, I'll throw in a trap. And what I've learned is, if you pick a good location, it might take ten days, but you'll catch a coyote there. Yeah. If you set on tracks. And scat, I expect to catch them within two, three days. And that's I mean, just the way it works for me. Yeah. And uh, so I'll, I'll be out there come a week or so before the season. I'll be driving my line, putting my stakes in the ground. Yes. <laughs> and and the, the super stakes are probably the, uh, the only thing I've found that will go in without getting destroyed. Yep. I... Uh, by pre-drilling and, you know, trying to save a penny, I did use a lot of wolf fangs, but they are not good. People don't realize that the reason it's three and a half million acres of timber is because it was too rocky to farm. <laughs> a lot of exactly. it. Exactly. And so and we're all dealing... the roads where we have to trap on the roads, they're all yeah Shale. that's the other thing if you get off the road you're in the trees and we have we can't have trees that'll entangle the catch circle so you pretty much have to be yep. in in their shale and rock broken up uh shale it's just really 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 tough stuff to yep. drive a stake into and to dig a trap bed <laughs> yeah and uh i uh like i said i tr Try to I find where the pockets of coyotes are, plan a you know a route through those pockets, and uh, 
set I'll set hot location I mean I'll and set, you don't mind driving a long ways to, to find these locations well you know there's a lot of controversy over what I'm about to say but <laughs> you're familiar with let's take the Mesquita Brook loops in that area yeah I got in there and trapped hard for two years and there wasn't enough coyotes to make me go back in there now they're back I just was up there Sunday really you know a few days ago and there there's trees enough coyotes in there? in there now that I can get I get five or six in there I think yeah but when you up here in this big woods when you know Phil Allen, I don't know. Do you know Phil Allen? A little bit. A little yeah. Bit. He's he's agrees. He's he trapped thirty some coyotes, you know, in a couple of weeks last year. So he knows how to catch some up here. But uh, what we've found is when you go into an area, you can. I typically catch 75% adult males. And the rest, you know, are adult females and pups, about half and half. So people don't, it's not like where you hear about, you know, you're catching 75% pups. Mm -hmm. You catch, but once you kill off those adult males, then the next year you'll get more females and more pups. But if you trap hard for two years, it ain't worth going back the third year. So what's your theory on that? The adult males are kind of have their own territory and they're keeping keeping the others out of it? Well, no, I think it's just the hunting pressure. There's a lot of dog guys running all over this place up here. Yeah. I think uh, the adult males are what survive. And the females and the pups are in short supply and there's only so many can be in a territory. I don't, you know, I don't really know, but that's what my observations have been. I mean, I can pick 10 areas up here where I went in and kill six or eight coyotes and, you know, one little small area, and they'll be mostly adult males. And then you go back and, and you'll have the pups and females. But not, I mean, you're still, in that population out where well let's put it this way if I trap an area hard for two years these other guys won't go in there and trap because there's not enough coyotes there for a year or two that they can't spill back in there you know I don't know where they're you hear about it well I have a friend in Pennsylvania that caught 50 fox in an area the size of this cabin in one in one year yeah. That, that's not going to happen up here. No, no. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway. Yeah, they do They do range quite a bit. But so, so you're pretty, you're to the point now where you can drive, spend a few days scouting, and you get a really good idea of how many, generally how many coyotes are in an area and what you can expect and where you're going to set. Yeah, now this year I, uh, what well, we discussed a little earlier about, had a bear trap out for a few days and uh, but I was driving on a, an area where I hadn't driven and I'll bet I must have drove out there 
let's just say 10 trips out through the woods and saw coyotes at least half the trips on the road <laughs> yeah, but pups yeah so I you know I know there's half a dozen pups down on, out in that area that can be killed and you know that obviously there's some adults there too so uh, yeah the, the thing up, up here is for me you got to drive 100 miles <laughs> yeah yeah and you find these pockets of coyotes and it might be 10 miles to the next pocket and you might set two or three crossings that you like on the you know that 10 mile skip yeah yeah it's not like the farm country where you've got high densities uh, you definitely got to cover ground so you're uh you're mb550 guy well what what happened when i came up here i came with dukes duke one and three quarters and you know they worked all right and we got a five and three h jaw spread restriction yeah so. And you know, center swiveled and three swivels, and uh, but I, I started buying MB 550s, and they pretty much out of the box worked with a minimum minimal amount of uh, adjustments or trapper input <laughs> on the trap, and so I just kept adding the just kept adding the 550s and. I bought some Montana twos, and I, I kind of like them, but... Uh, Are those legal, or you got to laminate the jaws? No. Uh, the Montana... There's a couple... He has a square jaw and, like, a round jaw. Okay, jaw. the round jaw would be more like the Victor number threes. That yeah, it's... it's li the Montana two was li is a legal trap, but I was in the truck one morning, and I said, boy, should I shoot that coyote, or killed a different way and then I should I take a picture of it and <laughs> you weren't sure if it'd stay in the trap <laughs> and about the time I'm thinking you know about 30 seconds later the coyotes running down the road yeah <laughs> and uh, so then I forecoiled all my <laughs> Montana twos and I haven't used them since and then I bought some I wanted to try some dogless so I bought two dozen Montgomery uh, threes that, yeah, with the offset forged jaw, their meet our jaw spread requirement. Uh, but the uh, maple, they, the jaws had awful sharp edges. I didn't like to see a cut foot on my coyote, so I had. You know, had them laminated, and then I four-coiled them because of the extra weight. And <laughs> but I have maybe 10 dozen 550s, so yeah, I, I typically don't need any other traps, but I have other traps in reserve if I, if I run out of traps. I am not a tinkerer. I know a lot of people are tinkers, and they like making adjustments and tuning things up, but, boy, there's something to be said for pulling the trap out of the box and setting it. And you've got an interesting way of prepping your your traps. You don't die in wax like people typically do. <laughs> oh yeah, I uh, well, there's a guy down in Pennsylvania. Boy, I can't. I have to think twice now. I have to think what his name is. I can't even think of his name, but that it's not important. 
he told me about probably using, is to him. <laughs> he, he told me about using a cement mixer and blasting grit to clean traps, and so I started doing that about five years ago, and it works well. I just put oh fifty, sixty pounds of blasting grit in a. I think I have a couple of cubic foot some size cement mixer. Just put the blasting grit and a half a dozen trap 550s in there. Maple, get back. Get back here. And you can do other things while the traps are in there tumbling around and they you leave them in until they're as clean as you want them to be. And then I, I wax them all. Yeah. So I tumble and wax and uh, that's all it's necessary for that's, me. That's worked worked fine. So yeah. the the tumbling knocks the rest off basically. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah cleans cleans them down. If you want to leave them in there long enough, it'll <laughs> take them down. It'll look like a new trap. But yeah. uh, you know, obviously, I don't leave them in that long. And then I I wax them. But uh, I try I try to just cover my I carry peat moss, and uh, I try to just use dirt at, at from the set to cover my traps. With sometimes I'll supplement with peat moss, but uh, it rains a lot up there in that sure time does. of the year, yeah. and it gets cold. And so I just use one pound salt containers from the grocery store. And just salt the heck out of my sets, <laughs> and so that's you know obviously you need a nice coating of wax. And yeah, uh, yeah. When you know when I'm coyote trapping, what works for me is after a catch, the trap comes out, and a new trap goes a new set with a new trap. Uh, yeah, because the wax will be wore off of that trap when you make a catch, yeah. and. You know, I did. I bought a cheap uh, pressure washer last year, and when I, I just pressure wash those traps. After I, you know, after I have a dozen or two that I've pulled, I just pressure wash them and throw them in a tote and leave them in the shed for six months, and uh, they're in good shape. Yeah. Wash that slot off of them. So what kind of sets do you like to make? Well, <laughs> the reason I'm hesitating is I only do two things. Um, you know, I'm like I said said earlier, I'm either setting on sign or what I think is a good location and if if I can get a dirt hole if I can get a hole in the ground, even if it's only inch and a half in diameter, and I can get that hole an inch and a half in diameter, four or five inches deep, that's it. Put my bait there. A shot of good coyote urine on the back of the hole, and that's it. As you know, sometimes that hole is very difficult to make. Yes. So I'll just take a I'll take a rock or a piece of 
firewood or anything that's available at the site and I'll just smear my bait under that rock where the hole would be and give that rock a squirt of my coyote urine and I'm on my way. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. So yep. so do you have a preference on how far back to set the trap from from the backing or the hole or anything? You know, I I must have every video ever made <laughs> and sold on coyote traps. And, you know, Mark Jones, I can still hear him saying nine and two, nine and two, nine and two. Uh, and what happens when I'm out there setting traps, I want them out a ways and I want them offset a little bit. But I always forget and I end up, <laughs> it's back two inches and it's centered. And, you know, it's back four inches and it's centered. It, I don't think it's that important. Seems to work. <laughs> we were talking last year because I, I think we were, we ran across the same guy's trap line a couple years ago. Um, I was Martin trapping and uh, you must have been looking for coyotes. And because I know we both commented that his sets were, his traps were about a foot and a half back. Oh, I, saw, <laughs> I saw some that where he had them three feet. <laughs> they were, they, everything was way, and uh, I was, because he had already pulled and I could see where the impression where the trap bed was and I could see the backing and I, I couldn't believe it, but, a, but he must catch him. Must. Yeah, I mean, that guy, somebody told me he's a police officer. Uh, there, well, there's a two of them and one, and one, I, yeah, yes, yep. And, uh, well, not that that matters, but, uh, so that's, we're talking about the same guy. Yes. And some, anyway, somebody told me they had, he had 20 some coyotes last year. Yeah, I think he knows before. what he's doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I couldn't believe it when, uh, you know, setting two, I mean, uh, the one, the one that we accidentally walked, we accidentally walked on one of his traps because we thought, did somebody have a trap set there? It was, he had a trap set within 10, less than 10 feet from ours. Me and another guy were here two years ago trapping together and, uh, we had a pair of sets there, and we said, did somebody make a set there 10 feet away? And we were walking around looking, and we were a good three feet from this post he put in. He had a post set and tramped on his trap. <laughs> and we said, well, let's get the heck out of here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, anyway, so I quit worrying about paying attention. I set them pretty stiff. Yeah. Whatever they are, they are. I like them pretty stiff, and uh, I try to keep the trap back a ways. I wish we could use a bigger trap, then I could put more covering over it. Yeah. But uh, maybe. I'll yeah, the the five fifty. That's the thing is when it when it comes up through the ground, if you got a lot of cover over it, it's it doesn't break much ground. It's it's uh, it always gets me a little bit nervous. Yeah. And uh, so, but, but it works. I mean, that's the thing. Make it work. And like you said, you you talked to me about some ideas on how to avoid links. And there's certain things that I I think you find over time that maybe there's not set rules necessarily, but there's there's things to pay attention to that can help for sure. 
Yeah, I see. I see so many spots. Listen, boy, I know I can, I can catch a coyote there. But I've learned the hard way because I've seen maybe 15 lynx in traps. Yeah. <laughs> which is a lot of lynx when you're not allowed to even trap them. Uh, and I said, no, there's and lynx. For, lynx are going to come on that road. Yeah, and for folks that, that don't realize, I mean, it's it's not a problem. The lynx is fine. It's just you got to call the biologists and wardens, and you got to wait for a couple hours for them to get to the trap because they don't want the lynx unattended, and it kind of throws off your day, and it messes up your ability to check your other traps. So so uh, so that's kind of you know it's not it's not like the lynx is hurt by being caught, but it really is an inconvenience. Yeah, you lose you can easily lose four hours. I uh, we caught a we caught a lynx and. That particular one I'm talking about, it had ear tags in it, so it was trapped before. <laughs> yeah, they'd already they'd already dealt with it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We got lots of them out here for sure. So. Yeah, I've seen two this year when I was out riding around looking for uh, different things. So you've um, you've taken June's Mark June's coy- or not June uh, Zagger's Coyote U. Yep, I went up visited. That's over by my stove there. That's a Zagger trap laying there on the floor. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. The little one, not the bear trap. <laughs> yeah. Is it a Jake trap? What's that? Is it a Jake trap? No, that's uh, a Sterling. It's, okay. Oh, like a six fifty or a five. It's the. I'm not that familiar with the Sterlings, uh, but it's a smaller Sterling that would be legal to set. The MJ five fifty or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, cash jaw. That looks like a yeah, nice trap. He. Those aren't cheap though. <laughs> no, and they're not available. It's like four, thirty, forty bucks a trap, and I uh, got Mark to give me that one for for my collection. <laughs> So, uh, what was your takeaway from from that uh, that course? Uh, it's, in my opinion, anybody successful trapper, or not even don't even have to be real successful. Mark is that uh, you can spend time with. You're going to learn a lot of stuff, and I uh, the. Th- you know, the reason I'm hesitating and not talking a lot is he traps in completely different, he traps farm country. Yes. Yeah. So he's trapping agricultural stuff. You know, the same thing applies if you're in a farm field or you're in a woods, but it's just, it's like night and day difference in, in some respects. But, uh, but, you know, Mark has a good method and does well. But you know, it, I guess what I'm want to say is, uh, people ask me about recommendations for trapper training, and I say, if you can find somebody that traps the same ter- type of territory you do. Yeah. Uh, Mark is, if you're going to, uh, is excellent in you know in, in the territory type of territory he traps. I went out and spent 
most of a week with Robert Waddell in Kansas just to see, you know, that quest, type The of quest traffic. for a thousand coyotes. Was he on the quest when you yeah. went to see him? Yeah, yeah, I was out there in, oh boy, end of January. I don't even, it was this year, but the end of January or whatever it was. And uh, it, you know, it's different there too. Huh? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, but, you know, Mark has obviously gained a lot of fame with his, his pipe set. And I went out here and made a dozen or so pipe sets and caught like, oh, I don't even think I made a dozen, but I caught like a dozen coyotes with six or eight pipe sets in a week or so. Yeah. And I thought, hey, boy, that's pretty cool. But I still have, I bought these big onion sacks, you know, the ones that are three, four feet long and 18 inches in diameter. I still have like six of them for grass well, clippings, clippings yeah. <laughs> in my shed. But, but you, know, you can't, you don't have the sod. I was talking about this in a previous uh, podcast, but you, out in the woods, you just don't have the sod to make that trap bed the way he makes it. No. No, so you you chisel out, you know, we're chiseling out <laughs> in this shale. We chisel out a hole, get the trap somewhat solid in there, but I, it worked fine. You could still, yeah, I mean, I think... Covering it, it with grass. You still got to pack the outside of the jaws with something, but then you could cover it with grass and, and use the... And I, yeah, I... I uh, the, the, like he said about the pipe is it's not really... It's not so so much... Uh, the visual, it, the pipe is a lure holder in, in a lot of ways. It, it keeps, it holds the scent and holds the lure for a long time and it keeps Exactly. Eating. Like for me, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm digging a hole there and I can't get it very deep and I just stick my bait in there, a lot of times a coyote will come or another animal will come and just scoop the bait out of the hole and it's gone. Yep. You get that inch, inch and a quarter diameter pipe and it's I don't know what well, he does them like nine inches, I believe, but even you know four or five inches, six inches deep, and you got bait down there, lure down there, it's staying there. Yeah, and I think almost every pipe set I made, I caught coyote in it. But like I said, I was limited. I might have made, I'm not sure the number, probably was less than ten the time I did it, and uh, I only had one thing that didn't work out good is, you know, checking traps before daylight, just driving by, there's no coyote there, there's no trap out of the ground, keep going. So somebody stole my pipe <laughs> on one, <laughs> and I don't know how many days I checked the trap with no pipe there anymore. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but I didn't catch anything in that one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, somebody got to my pipe, and then I had one where... I got some rocks under the pan to trap one fire, and I'd see, I'd see, you know, I'd see tracks around there, on my pattern and everything, and then never until I pulled the trap did I realize what the problem was. The trap <laughs> won't go off, but yeah, that's the way it is. Oh man, yeah, I had a lot of that last year. I learned a lot, but now. Now that you got, I was just about convinced that I wasn't going to trap coyotes this fall and I was just going to go after a pile of beavers. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm starting to think about coyote trapping a little too much. <laughs> yeah, coyotes are, uh, 
good to drop. Yeah, they're fun. Um, how about Martin and Fisher? Well, I don't know who told me this. Well, I, I do know who told me, but I'm not going to mention their names. <laughs> Martin and Fisher are in a class of their own. And the thing that gets me is I, I don't know how many times I've seen Fisher cross the road right in front of me when I'm trapping them. <laughs> well, you did that yep. one year. Yep. Two years ago when I was following you out in a foot of snow. Yep. And then we saw where you stopped. And when we stopped to see why you stopped, we could smell your dang skunk lure. But <laughs> and you could see the fisher track in the road. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know how many times I've seen fishers cross the road, at least a half a dozen. And yeah. You know, in the 10 years I've been here, while I'm trapping, they ran across right in front of me. And... They don't come back in for a long time. I think <laughs> it was that's the hardest thing to get through my head is I'm not successful setting setting on sign where they've been. Yeah. <laughs> and what what Jerry Whitcomb is, keeps telling me, you got to get out ahead of them. <laughs> yeah, but how do so, you know where that is? <laughs> well, I got a hundred crossings in my garments, <laughs> and. This year, um, you know, last year I put out, I had a, close to 100 boxes out last year with almost all of them being set on fresh sign. And it was a bad year for for animals coming in to bait, and it was a bad year for deep snow. And out of that 100 boxes, and, you know, they, it took, it was most of November I had those boxes out there. You know, getting them out and getting them in. There wasn't a hundred out there. At the peak, there was a hundred, round numbers, a hundred. But you know, getting them out and getting them in, there was probably average sixty out there. Yeah. And caught maybe twenty-five. Well, count count weasels, maybe forty animals. <laughs> uh, but I have. 10 years worth, well, not, I have at least five years worth of crossings in my garments and where they haven't really timbered hard. This year I'm going to mostly be putting my boxes where they were last year, or yeah. where they crossed the year before, or where they crossed the year before that. Yeah. Because they, you see them. And, well, I mentioned Phil Allen earlier. Phil told me. Uh, you know, he's been trapping up here all his life, and he's 60 years old, more or less. And he's, he told me he just traps the same locations every year, catches catch one fisher, and uh, you can catch one fisher a year. But it's not like if I set a coyote trap, if I don't have a coyote in a week, something's wrong. Yeah. If I'm setting on my sign like I like to, two or three nights I expect to have a, a coyote or two. Yeah. If I'm just setting on a location, I expect within a week or ten days I'll have a coyote. But shoot, it might take three weeks. Yeah. It might take a month till that fisher shows up, but he'll show up. 
a few Amen. years ago, that was my idea was, was like you said, Phil mentioned, I, I wanted to have my spots and set up a line and that was going to be my area. Of course, you know how it is up here and, and with uh, timber harvest and road building and everything else, it was everything just within two years, it completely changed. Yep. Exactly. And the animal patterns changed and and so and I I had some periods of very areas with very poor success and I thought, well I'm not gonna go back here next year. So I'm kind of in the middle where I'd like to have places to go back to, but I need to be flexible and trying to find move around and find new areas. Yeah, I uh... and it changes from year to year depending on where the food is. You know, sometimes they're up in the hardwood ridges, sometimes they're down in, in the cedar swamps. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to put out my boxes and... Uh, yeah, you got. I see there's some more boxes there. Did you see my new design? I kind of, <laughs> a little bit. I see the hinge in the back of the box, yeah. So you don't have to tear it apart to get to the bait. Yeah, and you'll be able to get stuff out. Yeah. Easier. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess you won't be able to get stuff out any easier if it's a male with his hind quarters <laughs> froze outside. You're still gonna. <laughs> You're still gonna have to bring the whole box in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but. Uh, but that'll th this year. I think we'll have more of that. Those big fisher, those big eleven, twelve pounders trying to squeeze into the to the box because they should be hungry based on on what we're seeing out in the woods. <laughs> what are you crying about? Well, the dog says it's about time for us to get done. We haven't been giving him any attention. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else you want to cover? No. I mean, we're just kind of babbling on here. But I think we barely scratched the surface. But <laughs> yeah, we got trapping season coming here shortly, so it'll be be another chance to to see a bunch of country and learn new things and try different methods be good yes sir we'll uh, make a run at coyotes for a couple weeks and then uh, until the snow drives me out I'm I'm going to tune my snowmobile up this year <laughs> it's been too many years the first <laughs> week in November it, we get two feet of snow <laughs> yeah it, two and years ago was I guess yeah two years ago November seventeenth was the last day I could drive. Yeah, and you were pushing through a lot of snow before yeah. that. Yeah, you were pushing snow, and I was snowmobiling. I I believe. Yeah, yeah. But, but you got guys coming from out of state uh, to I Martin. Had three Fisher. Kentucky guys coming up uh, second week. Yeah, so they want to catch a f Martin and a Fisher. Hopefully, we'll get it done. Oh yeah, they'll have a good time. I'm sure. Yep. Very good. Well, thank you. It was good to sit down with you and chat. Okay. I hope uh, <laughs> we don't. We have some interesting comments in there. And yeah, over and out. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys for listening into that. And uh, it's always fun to sit down and talk trapping, especially these uh, local guys. They got a lot of knowledge, and uh, I'm glad to to get a chance to learn from them. Um, it's it's just uh, really a lot of fun. So. Thanks, Butch, for, for playing with us and, uh, and helping to share your information and, and talk with other trappers all around the country. So, guys, 
Thanks again for Cots Brothers Lures uh, sponsorship of this podcast. In this last segment, I want to ask you to return the favor to Cots Bros by signing up for their newsletter. And not only is that going to help them reach more trappers, um, it's also going to get you in on some of the best deals around in, in the trapping supply world. So uh, when Cots Bros have uh, some new information to share with trappers, and customers, they have new products coming out, they have promotions, special deals, things like that, uh, they'll put that on a, on their newsletter. So if you go to cotsbros.com, you're going to find a very handy location to sign up for that newsletter. Put in your email address and make sure you check your spam folders and your promotions folders to uh, ensure that you are actually getting those newsletters and they're reaching your inbox. Uh, but sign up for Cotsbros newsletter and uh, stay tuned for the best trapping deals and new products and everything else they get to share with us. So thanks, Cotsbros. Thank you, guys. Until next time, keep on talking trapping. Keep on thinking trapping. Get out there and prep for the trap line because the season is coming. It'll be here before you know it. Thanks, guys.